Well, I guess the moral of that story is sometimes a well-placed wagon can be all you need to defeat a clutch of vampire spawn. What are the odds of a late-night garlic delivery on that exact street? You can't write this stuff, folks. A bulb in the hand is worth two in the cart, but nothing beats a quick stake to the heart. You know, I always figured the whole vampire garlic thing was a myth perpetuated by Big Alley and the sellout farmer's markets, but I guess it's true after all. You live and learn. Welcome back to more live coverage of the League of Ultimate Questing. My name's Kip Gilligan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And with me as always is the well-seasoned veteran, Stormclad Thundertongue. Well-seasoned. Ha! <laughs> I get it. That's funny. We've seen a lot of action-packed quest finales today as teams race to completion before the season wraps. Only a few teams are still out in the field, but we won't stop reporting on their adventures until they come to a close. You can bet your sweet bippy will be cutting loose at the season end gala tonight. Right you are, Storm. An infamously decadent private event for the good people that work behind the scenes to bring you the LUQ every day. This year's shindig's gonna be off the meters, pal. Live music by the Andesian Symphonic Orchestra, and I statue of the commish that you just know you can take body shots off of. And I hear they're busting on a 12-gallon fondue fountain. I don't even care if it's cheese or chocolate. Either way, Storm's getting baptized. The League truly spares no expense to show their employees a good time. According to the company letter, this one's going to be held on Lord Heption's private island. Isn't that the pompous cat that tried to hoodwink the mortal dom with a nasty guest of honor? The very same. Though I don't believe there was malicious intent in that mix-up. Uh oh. <clears throat> My throat. Your your throat? This is bad, Kip. This party might be a disaster. Storm, what are you talking about? It's my uvula, Kip. You're gonna have to elaborate. Whenever I get a tingle in my uvula, something bad happens. It's like some tonsillar portent of the gods. It's never wrong. Well, while we figure out what Storm's uh, uvula is trying to warn us about, let's check in on the Mortal Dawn as they make their way across the multiverse in a warp runner ship. Next stop, adventure. This is your first time riding the warp. It's nothing like the planar travel you've experienced before. One is like closing your eyes on a trip and waking up in your bed. But this is like being wide awake and hanging on for dear life. You soar through swirling shades of starscape with tiny floating worlds far in the distance. You feel like you can just reach out and touch the nothingness, but your hand brushes against a kind of soft bubble of energy that surrounds the open-decked ship. Is this how you breathe? Is this why your knees are weak, but you stand firm? Whatever kind of navigation is involved in this task seems quite alien in nature, but I suppose that's self-evident. Pickens locks in a few controls, and the speed seems to slow slightly. He leaves the wheel confident in the trajectory, and comes to sit on the deck, taking out some tools to work on the devices that you collected in the midden slags, and starts kind of humming to himself. He takes the black barrel, what was called the Manifester, and takes it to the back of the ship, and begins to attach it. And it seems like the wires seem to naturally just fuse with the metals and woods of the ship itself. And uh, he starts tightening some things and humming to himself and being fully aware that he's surrounded by the team and the strange events that happened at the Hall of Order have just transpired. Is there a mast and everything? Is this like a sailing ship or is it? It resembles a sailing ship, but instead of a mast, I mean, there's a, a bow and a stern, but there's no central mast. There's fins that come off of the side and back, kind of like dorsal fins on a fish. The moment we start accelerating and busting out into this warp, Artyom runs right to the front and is just elated. Mm. <laughs> and Morty's right beside you. He's got like his tongue hanging out. And, <laughs> and Pickensley, 
It's good. <laughs> this is very good. What's that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> world. <laughs> Do they have different gods and everything? Oh, yes. Probably. Not oh. been to that one. Someday I go. He makes a note on the map. <laughs> <laughs> and as his legs are crisscross applesauce on the deck as he's working on this, he says, uh, this is Manifestor. Very important for task. Uh, this will wake up Perez. You all meet. Uh, and he takes his bracelet off and it fixes it to the front of the machine and it kind of slides in as though they're a perfect mesh of technology. Um, and it starts to hum. All the lights that were dead begin to ignite and the ship vibrates for just a moment. And a nice whitewash of light kind of covers the deck of the ship and surrounds it for a moment. And there sitting on this barrel is kind of an energy silhouette of just like a little girl. Is she wearing a wig? No. <laughs> okay. But she does have very beautiful, long silver hair that seems to flow behind the ship. And he says, uh, Perez, uh, this is Silvermane. Uh, true form. All Githyanki ships have um, soul, mind, memories. Perez, mine. Uh, good friend, Silvermane. I thought, I thought your ship was the omen... Uh, yes, Elmen Dagger is name of ship, yeah. but uh, in this world, say Haru's body has one name, Haru's mind has another. Uh, what? Perez has two names uh, as device, Perez as entity, Silvermane. Very smart. Uh, no talk out loud, but part of ship. She help us navigate and execute plans better than pick and skin. All right, so what are these plans? Uh, first, we should speak of group uh, that attack job family. I tell you, bad army, um, but they have long, complicated history. Perez and Pickens not know everything, but we'll tell you what now. Um, long ago, it was a very large world. It devoted itself to industry. Uh, they made best machines. Uh, sold them all over multiverse. Very famous. Uh, entire planet became huge business. One money life form. Uh, it was called Golden Haven, but grew too interested in getting currency, building wealth, uh, started to take over. But it was paradise in many ways. Very clean. Uh, very good care for people but uh, kept growing and too much wealth and technology started to change way of life. Uh, over centuries, began to, uh, word is cannibalize self. Uh, seems like overnight, all that was left was machine husk. All life had been turned into part of engine to make wealth. Uh, will to grow and expand was still in the machines. So both citizen and machine became augmented equally and became known as Xenos Corporations United, XU, army called XU. They still try to expand. They have limbs that reach very far, like dying corpse trying to get dead meat. And uh, reach limited, but... Power sources, planet, cannot leave planet area. But it seems arms grow longer in secrecy. Uh, staunch Argosy 
underestimated reach of arms got overtaken by sentient transport called Warlord. Uh, and they are slowly to be pulled back into XU space. Uh, XU collect machine and life to transmute and grow. Very frightening. But this is plan. Um, Pickens wanted to stay and fight, good fighter. Warlord, bah, nothing. Pickens sword, but not good. Uh, Captain Udelia, she forced Pickens to go. She push into pod and fire, no aim. I think she know Pickens good at finding help. Gamble. Eh. XU have hive mind. Many eyes everywhere in XU space. So, goal is to sneak up, but cannot do too many eyes. Need to cause distraction to weaken grasp, and then Argosy can break free. Uh, this, he says, pulling the other machine closer to him, this is accumulator. Uh, important to plan. Uh, Pickens has magic uh, to destroy, uh, break tree, uh, fling energy. Uh, Mortal Dawn also has much magic to destroy. One of choices for team to help. Pickens sees magic, Pickens knows you good help. Uh, Accumulator-like special fuel for ship. Pickens put part of his magic into Accumulator, and it grows. Mortal Dawn put some of magic in Accumulator, and it grows. Many days till we reach Gentira, uh, Exu uh, neighbor, Pickens' old home. Each day, much magic can be used, but take some, put into Accumulator grows, multiplies inside. Go fast. But Pickens need to barter five seconds time. We not exist for five seconds. We go fast. We appear in Warlord's face. Cause distraction. Staunch Argosy get message and break free as we bring magic to face. This Pickens plan, Silvermane, will help. It's good. It's a good plan. It's a weird plan. How do we get away after we show up in its face? Uh, we land on Argosy. Warlord have grip. We break grip. Leave with friends and job family. Many pods to shoot team back home, like Pickens. But aim. This Pickens plan. Uh... Mortal Dawn, with magic, put some each day till we arrive into Accumulator, not day before. Regain strength, uh, so to fight. But until then, as much as can do, Pickens too. So, Silvermane, how much magic can this hold? Because I have a lot of anger to give. And Pickens seems to listen. Uh, we not have enough to fill. Inside, like Dimension. Oh, oh! I will fill this dimension. It's, oh, yes. It's good. Uh, make go fast with magic. Hmm. Does it matter what kind of magic we fuel into it? Uh, magic to destroy, good. So without a pause, Chris just walks over, puts his hand on it, mm -hmm. 
everyone starts hearing a very discordant, uh, unearthly chorus. And with all of his sorcery, he musters a very strong, unbounded shatter focused in this dimension. He's using every little bit he's got. He is angry at what he had to do. And it eagerly consumes it. Um, the moment you touch it, it seems to make sense, like how to release this without blowing things up. It swallows it hungrily, and you can hear the engine start to hum to life like you've primed a pump. And after that, he feels a bit better. He then, the chorus, chains from discordant to very harmonious. So after looking in the center of this hand and the harmony rising, he's daring the thing inside of him to get angry and to spill out all the magic it's consumed over his life. Mm. Your arm seems to go numb. It feels like all of your spell slots and sorcery points that remain have been pulled from you, but nothing more. Mm. Your body is a little weakened. Um, you feel a bit heavy again. And with that, he almost collapses, shambles over to a place where he can sit for a moment with his thoughts. Pickens, does it matter how strong the magic is or will any magic enforce it? All you can muster. Good. Pickens, show. Christ, show good. Uh, and he puts his hands against it and kind of closes his eyes and mutters something in his Githyanki tongue and some more of the lights begin to glow. Uh, Pickens not have as much magic, perhaps, as Christ and Mortal done. He's okay. Good sword. And as Christ is unconscious on the deck, this silhouette of this young female made of energy just kind of comes over and sits next to you. You're, you're not even aware of its existence. It feels like a nothingness. But it just seems to be watching you curiously, as only a child can. This energy we're putting in this uh, pony keg. Yeah. It will help you save your people. Yes. Prevent them from being erased from time. That is Pickens' hope. Harthax will sit down next to it and place their remaining hand on the barrel. And I say, then I have time for this. And I start um, dumping my spell slots in, resting an hour to regain them, mm -hmm. and just dumping them in. And I won't sleep for at least a day. I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> Pickens is delighted by this display. Yeah. Keep dumping. Yeah, just fourth level spell slot after fourth level spell slot after fourth level spell slot. Sweet. I'll go ahead and follow up, do the same, dump all my spells, but I'll also put all my channel divinities in there, mm. uh, my warding flares, basically whatever I can do there, and then I'm going to take out my thorn whip and channel the uh, the thorn whips and things like that into it as well. Cool. It's very difficult manifesting magic from your item, but you think you managed to pull a little bit out and put it in the uh, accumulator. Cool. And as you're doing this, uh, Pickens continues to work on it, like adhere it to the ship, make it part of the machine. Haru! Sees dragon, uh, look like fainting? Um, dragons were the leaders of my people on Selvarex. Yeah. They, they were very important to us when we landed on Mackinar. No aim, as you say. There were no dragons anymore. Mm, dragons plan trip, but not go. Yes, ah. Uh, we are a crew with no captain. Why not have Drakkar be new leaders, if no dragon? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the dragons are wiser. They have perspective that, that we do not. Uh, the oldest Drakkar live 100, 
120 years. Hmm. Uh, there are few alive still who remember the events on Selvarex. But the dragons, they live ancient. Yes. Long, longer maybe than your people even. Some. There is wisdom in this time, experience. Hmm. A perspective that we lack. And we have made a home for ourselves. Machinar accepted our people, but we are still adrift. Important not to put too many dragons on the pedestal. Some very bad. Pickens knows bad dragons. <laughs> Sometimes live too long, make boredom, uh, like accumulator, grows, and cause trouble. No repercussions, because dragon, dangerous. Always. The other problem with the long lifespan is it means that they tend to lose perspective on the individual lives of the people around them. I would not want something that lives thousands of years longer than me to make decisions about the lives of somebody who only lives a few hundred. This why Githyanki stick with Githyanki. Uh, for job family. The racial purity. It's very good. Uh, you sound like Githzerai say these words. The? Not Githyanki. Uh, diversity make us have life, but uh, sad to see friends die young. Yeah. You understand this is ironic statement. Ah, very accurate to Githzerai. Ugh. I yes. see why you spit. Well, I have much work to do. Pickens and Silvermane look at maps, make plans. Uh, very distracted. Small ship, sorry, but rest as needed. So Christ wakes from his unconscious bit. <laughs> Sees the silver-haired girl and just kind of looks at her for a moment. And uh, he picks himself up. Artyom. The? I saw you smoking something earlier. Would you happen to have any more? Uh, no. Well, would you join me? Just on the deck for a bit. <sighs> he pulls out a pouch and looks at it. Yeah, Before we left on this, you said something that stuck with me a bit. How would I feel going back to one of those pleasure dens? Duh. Well, I can't help but think about it. Really, I, I envy you. I envy the physicality of your pain. I envy that you get to rage against something you know is not just. See, the thing, the whole truth of a gilded cage is it's left open. My body left, but my mind, my soul, it's still there. The truth is, I've just been hiding. You don't even know my true name. With every action I've done, I've been hiding. It's, they've all been selfish, truly. Trying to save some poor boy from back then. So, can I have a light? I don't. Do you know what this is? I show him the pouch. No. 
it's a legend that grows in the darkest places in the Underdark. And I mean dark not in the sense of not enough light, but dark as in places where things die. It grows in, in blood and rot. It grows on old bones. It's uh, nothing special, but it keeps you focused. Closes your frame of mind, makes everything hyper-simplified. You see, you use spyglass? Mm-hmm. Life is like seeing the entire world. Mm. This is like looking through a spyglass. You see one thing, and one thing only. And what do you see? Whatever I want. Whatever thing I choose to focus on. Maybe it's cutting up a corpse to find out how they died, or maybe it's uh, creating a poison, or uh, maybe it's simply forgetting what's going on. But the point is, I don't use this to feel good. I use it to stop feeling bad. (laughs) Sounds like what I need. This is addiction. My brain thinks I need this. I don't know your name. You're red. But you don't know mine. Artyom's not your true name. Artyom is my true name. Volkov is my true name. Mm. Uh, you're from a different place. You don't understand the idea of Patronimic. My middle name is named after my father. Mm. Konstantinovich. Mm. Konstantin was not my father. Oh. Petrov was my father. My name is Artyom Petrovich. Volkov. Mm. My mother was a cruel woman, a psychotic woman. She liked to hurt people. She liked to hurt us. There was one noble who particularly liked this, Petrov. He was my father, an ugly, cruel, and stupid man. But it was Konstantin who took care of me. He was a kind man. Kindness does not survive in Underdark. It does not survive in Drakendorov. It doesn't survive above either. He was starved by my mother. Slowly, over a long period of time, little bits of food here and there. For a period of time, he was only allowed to eat good button. You know good button, the thing I give you? Yes. It's like that. Barely alive. You feel like you have food in stomach, but you do not. Mm. You say... You say you run. You say you hide. Yes. What in the fuck do you think I'm doing? Why do you think I'm on the surface? Why do you think I haven't gone back for my family? They're bad people. They're all bad people. My uncle Loshad is bad person. I am bad person. And now, I think they're coming back. So you say you need a drug to make yourself distracted. You say you want to uh, uh, step away from the pain. Trust me, I'm not stepping away from pain. And believe me, the only reason I hurt myself, the only reason my pain is something physical, is because it's better than the emotional pain that I have to deal with. Here, I hand him the pouch. Enjoy. And I walk away. Elmeric. What? Elmeric. What is this? That's my name. Da. I like Christ. I do too. While this is happening in the back of the ship, we see Pickens working on the accumulator, attaching it to the ship. And next to them, Tarathox, channeling all of their magic into the device as he's working on it. And Morty and Arvid looking over the deck of the ship. And Pickens kind of speaks up. He seems to like to talk while he's working. He is kind of a two-track mind at all given times. He says, uh, Pickens not mean to eavesdrop on Mortal Dawn, but you talk lots while we travel. He's good. Uh, job family speak good. Um, Pickens hear that. Haru and Arvid both have no 
family uh, parental. Um, I haven't spoken too much to Harothax about their family, um, but I understand that they lost them as well. Uh, please explain to Pickens what is meaning for father and mother. Words here in Mackinac. Um, well, the humans tend to use it to mean direct uh, animal husbandry style parenting. Ah, take two uh, Nick baby. Yes. And then... And then uh, the two that made the baby are mother and father. Um, my family is not exactly like that, but I did I did have my mother. Mm-hmm. And she, she took care of me, um, but also my uncles and cousins. Um, I lost my whole family for a time. So, in Mackinac, you make baby... And then uh, this important for teaching. So birth ties you in a way. In many families. Um, I don't know if I had a traditional um, two-parent family system or not. I haven't spoken to them about it. Big family, uh, good. Uh, Many voices to hear while growing learn mistakes and lessons. Yeah, it takes a village is one of those. Get Yankee big family. Um, Pickens have not mother, father. Uh, not keep track. Get Yankee just live and sometimes baby. Everyone's baby. Uh, many get Yankee pair and mate, but baby is everyone's. Not tied to one or two. Uh, never matters no one writes it down no one remembers then how do you make sure um that you know brother and sister don't um you you can only be so close to your cousins before bad things happen is (laughs) that is brilliant uh gith yankee no have cousin or brother sister just part of family uh anyone is family in hive ship so, but then don't you get, um, you know, like webbed toes and, and things? Uh, get Yankee, no webbed toe. Okay. Swim good, but... Uh... <laughs> I think Arvid is talking about uh, inbreeding, genetic diversity uh, in, in both animal and plant populations. If you don't uh, mix the genes around, sometimes you end up with undesirable traits that can affect the children. Mackinac, very strange. Uh, Githyanki can share love with other creature. It's okay, uh, but no baby. Not work. No, no click. Just fun. Right. Harthax kind of looks at Arvid and goes, I think maybe we should just drop it. It, seem, it seems like it's a, a different relationship in a number of ways. Pickens like to learn of your world, did not get to explore these things short time. Uh, does Arvid have egg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do not believe they come out as eggs. I haven't had one yet. Ah, uh, Pickens know Drakkar egg. Yes. Uh, many egg from Drakkar. Normally, Yes. But Artyom, Christ, Arvid, no egg. Get Yankee, no egg. Makes sense. But curious. And maybe just Selvarex. Ah, uh, perhaps. 
there are other creatures on our world that give birth via eggs, but um, most of the more mammalian races don't. Uh, Artyom. Da. Uh, Drove egg? Uh, Arvid and Haru talk of husbandry and inbreeding. Uh, Drove have eggs? I look at Arvid <laughs> and Arvid just confused. Uh, definitely a shrug from this one. No, Drogendorf does not have eggs, uh, but sometimes we have clutches. Clutch, yes, uh, litter. Mini babies. Uh, the the Drogendorf people are slaves, so it's not uncommon for them to selectively breed so that they have people who have triplets and, and nonuplets and things like this to be more likely. So others control babies. Yes, uh, they are forced to breed a lot. Forced, huh? Is bad? Very bad. Okay. Probably one of the worst. Uh, but see, sometimes when they have triplets, they don't need that many, so they wait for one of them to look like they're stronger, and then they kill the other two. Ah, like dog. Duh. Wait, Haru, do you have siblings? No, I don't. It's not unusual for Drakkar mothers to have many children. We met the brood mother when we were in Alcara. Mm. Um, my parents were very old when I was born, much older than most when they have young, uh, only my eggs survived. What do you, what do you mean survived? Do they commonly lose eggs? It is not unusual, but Drakkar, dragonborn eggs are very durable. Not a dragon's egg, but they are strong. But my mother's clutch was small and my father was old. Only my egg matured correctly. Mm. With Githyanki job family, sometimes after many years, we change world, new home, uh, new lessons to learn. Uh, but try not to have baby before new home. Can be danger. Uh, many not survive because difficult in new world. Maybe uh, come from Selvarax too hard. Make eggs weak. It could be, yes. It's not good. Um, but there is Haru, and that is good. I'm not so sure about Artyom. <laughs> Pickens glad to have Artyom, and Christ, and Morty, Arvid, Haru. Good team. Worth gold. Worth travel. More valuable than gold. Uh, Arvid, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard you speak of your father. I don't. Not, uh, was it a situation like you and your young lady? Um, I I think so. I actually never asked my mom about him too much. Um, I've seen him a few times. I know I have a father. I would think so. <laughs> I'm looking at Arvid while they say that, and then I look over at Chris. And then I tell them exactly what I told him. I tell them about my father. Hmm. Well, gosh, um, I, I have... Nothing like that to compare it to. I, um, he was never a, sh a shameful figure to me. No. I'm sorry. Honestly, neither was mine. It was a point of pride. Luba, my mother, she loved him. And in the only way that sick people like that can. Mm. But I'm glad that you have a good family. Yeah. Arvast seems to care for you very deeply. Oh, he's, he's a, a great... Uh, he was a great caretaker. He taught me a lot and he made me... More than taught me, made me interested. And uh, 
Chris, I assume you just uh, spawned from a large pile of rocks along with the other gems? <laughs> I wish. Um, I was given up to ask you this. I never really cared to ask more than that. Uh, they never really cared to find me, so here we are. With Givyanki, uh, blood good, but proximity better. Make sense? Yes. Pickens have hundreds of mother, father. All Githyanki and Hive. Job family. It's good. Always grow. This sounds very familiar. The word job family, this uh, particularly sounds familiar. Hmm. Why do you say this? Uh, all Githyanki fight together or leave ship. Allowed to go on own, explore world, sometimes Pickens, but always come back. Always join uh, mother ship. Uh, homeland is ship, not dimension, not world. Uh, our world dead, like Selvarex. Maybe Githyanki and Githzerai caused this, but probably Githzerai. If Pickens had to guess. This is much more leveled than uh, a lot of people's ancient rivalries. Rivalry, good word. Um, but if Githyanki not want to be in job family, they leave. Rare, but does happen. And that's okay. So you do job together? Yes. All have task on ship. Mm. No one loads for free. Speaking of, we must be job family now and work to make task done uh, to help my family. Um, much work to do. Uh, spells good in accumulator, but rest also. Must rest. And... Pickens encouraged you all to go below deck and eventually get some sleep for the night. He doesn't seem to sleep like you guys do. It seems he only does it maybe once a week or so. Um, so his patterns are just vastly different. He works throughout the night and that's fine with him. But a few days do pass aboard the Elman Dagger, soaring through the ether void. Distant worlds far off on the horizon seem like nothing more than just toys stuck together with random parts. Riding currents of cosmic energy, occasionally veering off, fighting the resistance with a shaking hole only to transfer onto another wave and coasting in a new direction. To a plane with a new sun and new stars. On the fourth day, Pickens puts the maps and navigation tools away and exclaims excitedly, Soon we enter Gentira. Pickens home, most recent, uh, before attack. Now things get close to Exio space. Prepare yourselves for anything. Truly a touching scene as the Mortal Dawn bond and discuss their upcoming plans. Yeah, touching. Storm, are you okay? There seems to be a dour cloud over your head. Are the emotions getting to you? I guess you could say that. Just, uh, you know, birth name stuff. Brings up a lot of feelings, history. You know, my parents named me Raphael. But I'm Stormclad now, Kip. It's who I am. All joking aside, a lot of folks, you included from time to time, still toss around that old relic. I don't blame you, but uh, don't feel right. That's for sure. Oh, of course, Storm. I didn't realize your stage name had so much meaning to you. Uh, but I understand. Doesn't matter what name you're born with, it matters who you feel you are. It's all of a lot more than a stage name, Kip. Buckle up. It's story time. I just want to preface this by saying that my mom and dad were nuts about each other. A real love at first sight sort of deal. But fate played her hand, and bottom line is I grew up surrounded by a bunch of humans. Classmates, friends, teachers, crushes, all human. Time to time, I even forgot I was an orc. 
That ain't good for a kid. Knowing where you come from is important. And I didn't have any orcs in my life to look up to. I can't imagine the kind of guff my mom put up with raising a kid alone on the estate, much less one so different. Hell, I'd have probably been bullied to death if I didn't have a noble name, but I made it through. When I enlisted, there was an outside hope for an orc or two. No dice. But I did get a taste of what I was after. It toughened me up, taught me about camaraderie, combat, though most of my battlefield repertoire I learned on my own. Some behind taverns in the shadows, and some, well... There came a time when I needed to get in touch with a part of me that had been neatly tucked away. Well, what did you do? I hit the trails. Set out with just a change of clothes and a short blade on my hip. Found a clan living in the Nethasars, north of my hometown. Thought it might help me find something I lost along the way. Humans have a reputation for exclusion, looking down on those different, but let me tell you, that axe cuts both ways. Pink skin, tenderfoot, lamb's blood, and a few things that don't translate cleanly in any sense of the word. My tarnish had been buffed off by noble life and the army didn't do enough to stain the silver. But I wasn't about to pack it all up on account of a tongue lashing. I demanded they give me a chance. And, well, <laughs> orcs have a passion for combat honors. So they told me if I could beat one of theirs, they'd let me travel with them for a spell. No promises. Well, you must have done very well since you're here to tell the tale. Ha! Hardly. They put me on a hilltop surrounded by warriors. The green sea parts and I'm expecting to see some young oak looking to season himself on lamb's blood. But there, bold as you please, some gnarled old codger with a spear to match. It's funny. Tough guys all over the world go soft on elders, thinking they'll shatter if you spook them too hard, but in the military, you figure out quick that you don't live to see your golden ears walking through battlefields. So when you see gray hair on a soldier, you figure he knows something you don't. I already knew old Blue Eyes here had seen more battles than I'd had breakfasts, so I'm already shaking when they bust into a chant like to shake my tusks loose. He falls into stance. All things equal spear beat sword every time, so I gotta put him off balance. I move in fast, throw a feint, Try to cut an angle and move into the pocket. Figure I can turn his reach into a liability. The old bastard reads me like a book. Carves poetry in air and armor. It's like watching a master calligrapher. I can't get a sword in edgewise, and every step I take feels like the wrong one. I pull some fancy footwork and get a little lucky. I break his balance for a quarter of a second, and I think I'm about to tag him when he ducks in and checks my gut. I stumble, and he punishes me for it. The first cut's no warning. It's deep and clean right along the inner thigh. I take a second to right myself when I see something in his eyes. He's worried. Not because I'm better, I'm not. If he played them smart, he could have gutted me by now, but no. He's getting tired. That's something they don't tell you. Smart and skilled can match big and strong, but there's no substitute for stamina. And that's the first thing the years sap away. Unfortunately for me, I fell for the same damn trap. See, once you start bleeding, there's a clock on you. And all he has to do is wait it out. It's a stalemate with a technical victory to the guy who isn't dumping juices. I get to thinking I'm already dead when the poetry of his spear turns into a song and I hear the wind join the harmony. A spellcaster? The sky goes dark. The wind starts whipping up. The soldiers are going hog wild, roaring for blood. I've seen battlecasters in the field and I know a lightning spell when I see one. This cat's gonna bring nature's wrath right down on my head. This is it. I'm outmatched in melee, not a spell to my name. He has the home field advantage and this ring of hard lads ain't shouting preakness, preakness, preakness. All I got is the one thing he'll never get back. Then it hits me, and so do a few other things. I let out a battle cry, no words to it, just rage. Some still say my roar was louder than the storm. It throws him, just for a second. Good thing, too, or my name would be Kabob the Overzealous. I tackle his ass right on schedule. The sky is open for business, and it doesn't discriminate. The winds die as the old orc falls to the ground, but I'm still standing. Electric kisses arcing through my chain shirt. I let out another roar, which between you and me was out of pain as much as triumph. 
And as I do, smoke comes pouring out of my mouth. He branded me, Kip. Burned me down to my soul. The horde eats up the symbolism while I pass out ass up on the hilltop. When I come to, they name me Stormclad Thundertone. But I'll level with you, Kip. I didn't stick around for the Orc Tour or the Nethysars. I didn't learn their ways. Soon as I was well enough to travel, I went home. Because that fight didn't make me an Orc. Neither does my name. What I am isn't something I have to earn. And it's not something I have to prove to anyone but me. But I still see that old Orc. In my dreams. When I draw my blade. And lately, at the end of a long day, when I'm not sure how many I have left. Storm, that's amazing. What a fantastic story. Well, it's not all bells and whistles. You know when you get hit by lightning, you lose control of your bowels? I shat myself so hard, it's lucky they didn't name me Storm Shark Thunderbuns. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Whew. Well, folks, while I soak up this amazing storm-clad tale, let's check in on this week's sponsors. We'll be right back with more action and adventure. Good day there. Reese Birchwind here, in the peel marshes of Denmere. Swamplands, as far as the eyes can see. We're on the lookout for a very rare species of what bestiologists refer to as a monstrosity. If you ask me... They're absolute beauties. Works of art crafted by the hands of nature. Oh, there's one now. Get down. Look, just beyond that mound. A majestic catoblapis. Or catoblapis, if you're from up north. Gorgeous. She must be 22 feet long from horns to tail tip. These creatures' thick fur and long necks are perfect for spending all day in the cold, thick mud of the marshlands. That huge hump is able to store fluids for long stretches to keep them hydrated, despite their soggy habitat. Wait, look now. A pack of carrion fangs. Ooh, they're on the hunt. It looks like the catoblapis is on the menu. Well, these pups are in for a surprise, though. This old girl won't be an easy dinner that they're banking on. See how she swings that heavy tail like a bludgeon? Sends those dogs flying. Her strong teeth... Sharp jaws can apply over 5,000 pounds of pressure per square inch, snapping through wall flanks. Yep, just like that. Well, and here come the horns. Well, we've got a real spectacle of violence here, but join us next time as we hunt down the elusive peridon. You like chicken and venison. You'll love these guys. Tuesday nights on the Beast Jerry Hunter. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, LU cuties, and welcome back to the Zack Attack. Ugh. Anyway, can I just say that this is one of my favorite chapters, on top of being double length, it has some of my favorite NPCs, enemies, and character development to date. 
Of course, none of this would be possible without our Patreon subscribers, and in particular our legendary teams, the Tavern Brawlers, the Moonlight Bale, the Ancestors Fury, the Cultured Cutthroats, and this week's featured team, the Iron Rhapsody, with Eshwin, Krista Perez, Christopher Mashburn, and John Reinhardt. Thank you all. Surprisingly, this actually would have been the first month that we posted losses since we started our Patreon, which is not a big deal. It happens, but instead, some of our outstanding legends actually upped their subscription to keep up the trend, and I cannot thank them enough. Jen and Chris, you guys rock. In case you haven't heard, I've been streaming the gothic horror indie game Blasphemous, one of my favorite games in the last few years. It's deeply disturbing and a lot of fun, largely because of a host of dedicated LUQDs who are there for every episode at 6pm PST. Law and I are also upping our Nuzlocke streams to two per week, Tuesday and Thursday at 7.30pm PST. Unfortunately, the reason we have time for this increase in shows is because... Law's Place of Business, Game Night Lounge, an amazing board game bar here in Portland, is shutting its doors. This is a tremendous loss for us. GKL is one of the first ever sponsors that we had, and we are all devastated. If you have a small local business that you love, please try to support them in any way you can during this challenging time. Sorry to end on a downer, but that does seem to be a bit of a pattern for this episode. But for how long? Let's get you back to the action. Welcome back to Behind the Shield, an insightful expose into the machinations of the greatest entertainment franchise in history. What makes a team's ranking? What separates the novice from the paragons? As teams progress through the ranks, their achievements and popularity are closely monitored by tri-drone recorders, and using advanced equations, their levels of success are compared to their fellow teams, and eventually, they earn the right to advance to the next tier. Those who have just started with the League are known as novice-ranked teams. They have a few quests under their belt, and their future is being predicted by their actions. Next is the hero-ranked team. Teams who have made a name for themselves with successful exploits on the field, collection of resources, sponsors, and a proven brand. If they serve well, they may gain access to inspiration via League broadcasts. Champion-ranked teams are the thickest top cream amongst the lower tiers. Heroes ready to face challenges beyond that of your normal adventurer. They gain access to more League-approved magic items, rights to demand higher rates for quests, and far more League-based challenges from fellow teams. Paragon ranks are the teams that have outlived, outperformed, and outshone those behind them. Celebrities in any kingdom, incredibly wealthy, and a force to be reckoned with. These are the teams that can shift the tides of war. Their access to inspiration is even greater than that of the lower-ranked teams. And last but not least, Legendary Rank. Only a few teams in history have achieved this tier, and are recognized by many as gods among mortals. Heroes who have faced amongst the greatest challenges the world has ever seen. Perfect synergy, incredible might, and unsurpassed power are the calling cards of the legends, whose names will go down in history, even outside the endless records of the League. Join us next time for more behind-the-scenes truths about the League of Ultimate Questing. Thomas Turner, signing out. The Elmen Dagger makes a sharp turn, and instead of drifting from one cosmic wave to another, it cuts away as the sharp point seems to pierce the air and pass through an unseen opening. The sensation of free-falling takes over for just a moment. You fall in silence as Pickens grips the wheel for a solid 30 seconds before making a soft impact, a spongy layer that the ship sinks into like thick shag rug and cooked pasta, and then like a barrel elevated to the surface of the water with an air pocket, you emerge. Once again, you feel gravity. Once again, you feel wind. 
You're in a new world. The sky is a minty green, and the ocean beneath you is black and purple. But it's not water. It resembles a field of tall grass, shifting in the breeze. Fibers. Soft cilia. An endless sea of them. And the ship dances as it crests along the top of them, and they seem to lift it and push it along in conjunction with the wind. And Pickens exclaims, Ha ha! Gentira! No salt! What does it taste like? Uh, is not good for food or drink. Is living. You haven't known me very long, so I can understand the assumption. Yeah. Uh, taste like maybe mountain. Mmm. Not good. Uh, we close. Uh, no longer in ether. Ride the Gentira Sea till hit Axio space. How long? Uh, maybe two day. I nod. And the wind picks up. And despite the fact that it seems like you're sailing along this kind of living mesh of cilia, it moves quite quickly. It's almost like a mosh pit at a concert where people are being dragged <laughs> along in conjunction with the wind blowing the sails. Um, and Pickens is alive. There's clearly a degree of hidden fear behind his eyes and then the things he says. But he is very eager and is no longer using his navigation tools. This is his home turf and he's been here many times. Home surf, really. Home surf, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pickens, is your family in danger or just trapped? Danger. What do you think there's a chance they're being hurt now? Yes. Oh. Not chance. Is for true. What do they want from your job family? All life, all machine, transmuted to new Axio flesh. To absorb them? Yes. And it's high sails for the Mortal Dawn riding through the Gentira Sea. Um, the shades of purple and black shift after what feels like several miles into more of a prismatic array. Off in the distance, you can see some yellows. Far off to the east, you can see some warm browns and pastels. Purple sea with yellow mountains. God, that sounds gorgeous. And suddenly there's a low rumbling sound. You all look to the deck and you see Morty with his hackles raised, snarling, teeth exposed. He smells, he hears something. What? And Pickens says, um, that pray be not good. Uh, keep eyes to sides of ship, maybe? <laughs> Many things below uh, Gentili Sea. Dangerous things. And as you say that, you see four dark shapes emerge from the cilia. Two of them are dark red in color. One of them is white and another is blue. They are roughly the size of the ship, each of them. Their wingspan makes them look larger and their long tails Give them the illusion of massive size. There are four young dragons. What? Sailing along the side of the ship. And Pickens says, "Eh, Like, tell you, uh, some dragons, not good. Uh, I think they want to make ship part of Horde. (laughs) Maybe help to not have happen. (laughs) And as if on cue, all four of them open their mouths. And these glowing balls of energy form within their jaws. And they begin to shoot elemental beams to attack the ship. We are going to enter a skill challenge. Whee! Initiative. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Sure is. So, four young dragons are attacking the Elmen Dagger. And they want to take you down into the sea with them. So, we've got Harithax, then Artyom, Krist, and then Arvid. Harithax, you're up first. Um, Harithax is is having quite a trip. Uh more dragons than they really ever anticipated seeing in their entire lifetime. And it's been a week. Um, but I speak Drakkar mm-hmm. and these are dragons. 
so Harathax is going to attempt to persuade them to leave us alone. If I can do that. Sure. That's okay. absolutely something you can do in a skill check. That's a great fucking skill check. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm going I'm to say for purposes of this non-combat that Harathax has already blown all their spells for the time being on the barrel, because that's what I've been doing. Sure. So no magics for me except cantrips. Persuasion. 20 total. 20 total. Yeah, 16 plus 4. Mm. What do you say? Um, uh, great, great ones. Please allow us passage. We wish no harm to come to you or any theft from your things. We are on an important mission to save our friends, people, and your permission to pass would be most benevolent. And uh, you hear a couple of them voicing a plan to each other, and one of them turns back and says, Spare the Drakkar! Dicks! Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll turn to the crew and I'll go, It's a start, but it's not going super well yet. <laughs> what did they say? Well, I'm not going to get killed. <laughs> Next up, we have Artyom. Okay. Um, well, can't hit what they can't see, motherfuckers. Artyom's going to get all excited. He's going to hit his shield, which starts glowing. Then all of a sudden, a blast of sunlight's going to hit him out with a nice radiance of dawn. Fantastic. And I'm going to roll, I guess, wisdom? Yes, please. Natural 20. Ooh. Hot damn. Very good. That's two fucking crits today. Nice. Beautiful. So as Harithak spoke out in plea, three of the dragons actually turned to look at the ship at just the worst time. So the entire deck just solar flares outward. And you can see two of them clearly like veering their wings, dipping back into the sea, blinded temporarily, unsure of where their prey has gone for the time being. Next up, we have Christ. Silvermane. Uh, Chris looks for, for Silvermane, uh, hopefully right beside him. He, when you say the name, yes. Cool. He reaches out for her hands, and he flashes back to the moment long ago, being on a ship, absorbing the mist. Mm. In this, he's dancing with Silvermane, trying to give the ship an aura of absorbed elements. Very cool. Uh, go ahead and make me Arcana check. Can it be a performance check? Yeah, I'd allow that. Thank you. You're a sorcerer. He's dancing. But 17? 17 is very good. Okay. There's usually a very opaque bubble that kind of floats around the ship when it moves. But you see it kind of get washed over like oil on the water, that kind of sheen of prismatic energy. And two of the blasts that were coming towards you got diverted by being blinded. The white one remained focused, though, and this cone of ice comes shooting at the helm of the ship. And it immediately curls away, um, most of it getting absorbed by the shield and just a sheen of permafrost sticking to the hull. More importantly, does Silvermane look like she's having fun? Yes, much like a child. She kind of pirouettes around you and her feet land on your feet and just kind of <laughs> lets you do the, the wedding daddy dance. Aww. Next in the uh, skill challenge is Arvid. Mm, I was thinking about trying to use animal handling to keep to, to keep Morty on the DL. Let's keep this quiet and, and silent. Some of them have been blinded, so additional noise mm. is going to help them figure out where you're at. Yeah, okay. Animal handling to try to keep, to try to keep Morty down. Yeah, I like that. Let's keep him from getting overexcited and jumping overboard, too. Because yeah, he's just... Roar, 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 roar. Big boy. That's a total of 15. That is just enough. <laughs> so, with that, the dragons begin to regroup to the best of their ability. Some of them still rubbing their eyes, bleary from the confusion. Uh, the white one confused by the fact that his cone of cold didn't seem to just cut through the ship. Um, but they're regrouping, changing sides, some of them drifting under the ship, some going over. They move like fighter jets. They've done this a million times. And with that, you see 
Pickens kind of grab the wheel and do one of those crazy spin maneuvers as the ship broadsides one of the dragons <laughs> as it's about to pass under them. <laughs> he is helping the group. And in fact, it does. It seems like a little bit of damage happens to one of the fins, but it just kind of knocks the dragon and it barrel rolls and lands deep in the sea of Cilia. Um, that brings us back to Harthax. Okay. Um, they said that they would save me. They have not. They're, they still sh- they're still showing interest in the ship. Oh, it's quite shiny. Yes. These collapsible ones are collector's items. <laughs> right. Naturally. Harthax knows a good deal about dragons and knows that young dragons are not invincible harthax is going to try and turn them on each other and get them to to argue um so i'm gonna try and convince the red dragons that the white dragon is not actually committed to their cause that's why its breath just kind of deflected off of the ship Hmm. that it's it's actively kind of it's half-assing it and that they they should start infighting basically instead of um focusing on us they should start fighting with each other i'm a deception check that it would be a deception okay. check and be ready to phrase what you're gonna say nah there's really no reason i could tell them what to say Wait, they can't speak they can't speak common they're fucking dragons from another plane yeah uh he's trying to take their horde he's trying to take it all for himself i've got the plan okay that i was thinking something similar yeah um harathax will will look up at the dragons and say the white dragon is trying to encase the ship so you can't get to it. He wants to steal your hordes. You can't trust him. Look at the half-assery of that breath weapon. <laughs> it's a half-assery. Let's see your deception check. All right. Ooh. Seven. Ooh. All right. Um, you shout your bluff, and it is clear that they have been traveling together long enough that they have too much faith in their allies to believe such tricked words. They don't buy it. All they right. pause for a moment and be like, Cargan, are you cool? Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> don't worry, bro. We're in this together. Oh. Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well, the my gambit might not work as well. I'm going to use insight, gauge mm-hmm. kind of how, uh, how Pickens has been looking at the objects on his ship and what they might think is the most valuable and hook something over the side. Okay. Something valuable, but not going to not mission critical. Okay. Uh, that's not ideal. 14? I would allow a perception check on this one. Oh, okay. Uh, they're the same. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's a little bit shy of what you need. Do I have... I don't have any inspiration. You may have your bracelet. You have your bracelet oh, inspiration. Um, this is not worth it. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's, I already used mine, so I can't even... Yeah, I'm We're not doing okay, it. too. Yeah, fuck it. I, I just grab... I, I guess I just throw something... <laughs> Well, you see inside of the ship, kind of mounted along the walls where the handrails are, these like four kind of like, they look kind of like shields that you would hang on like a mead hall or something, but they have like digitized patterns on them. And you go over to like unhook one and Pickens is like, no, very important, need that. (laughs) And kind of shuts your plan down, unfortunately. The dragons look very excited for a moment though. Uh, That'll bring us to Krist. Krist overheard the conversation between Artyom and Harthax and he's like, all right, I see what they're doing. And he's going to twin a dissonant whisper on these red dragons. Mm-hmm. And in that, he's going to take some of Harthox's voice and amplify it and have it echo in their minds. Okay. Um, what kind of skill would you like to use? Um, you can use spell I was thinking casting. persuasion. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Totally. 
That's a natural 20. Yes. Total of 27. So, Chris speaks the words, and as they leave your lips, it sounds like the voice of Hyrothax, kind of shooting outward towards the dragon's ears. Um, The two red ones hear this, and their eyes almost glaze over, and they immediately take off in two different directions. And the white and blue one look to each other and say, We have been betrayed! Retreat for now! And they dip back down below as you see the reds flying off to the port in Starbird. Mortal Dawn has succeeded their skill challenge in avoiding the piracy of the young dragons. Yes. Yay. <laughs> the piracy of dragons is a book I would read. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Harathax will will kind of fall back to a sit and sort of look at Artyom and, and, and just say, thank you for not just incinerating them. I mean, the reds would have been hard to incinerate, but you know <laughs> what I mean. I'm sure you wouldn't put out the sun if you had the choice. Probably not. Despite your penchant for darkness. And as the young dragons vanish once again below the surface of the Cilia Sea, clearly having been scared off, losing interest, or perhaps just not wishing to tread any further with this group, you don't blame them as you look onward. Because there on the horizon, the sky fades from minty green into what looks like an opening that takes up half of the sky. Fading stars float in a nightscape of swirling reds and black. The faded dead husk of a planet floats in the toxic-looking space, surrounded by endless rings of debris. And for every star in the sky, there is a mechanical warship. Wreckage, somehow moving with purpose. Parts latched together from innumerable sources. XCU space. A machine graveyard filled with undead automatons, trapped between life and termination. Pickens looks back with a stern expression, seeing the concern on your face at this horrible sight. Time to rest up. In morning, we attack. Then, never come back. Fingers crossed. And with that, the MDs narrowly escape a head-to-head encounter with four draconic pirates looking to loot their vessel over an alien sea. Dang it. These kids have all the luck. I always wanted to fight a dragon. You know, they teach you how to fight him in the military, even though we ain't seen him for decades. That seems like a weird precaution. Yeah, it's probably all crap. You're supposed to get in and sever the draconic artery, bleed them out. Looking back now sounds pretty dumb. Well, either way, the Mortal Dawn broke free of their pursuits thanks to some quick thinking and defensive driving on the part of their Githyanki guy. Oh, by the way, Storm, uh, these came for us while you were on break. Holiday bonus, maybe? Tickets to a game? I'm not sure. I haven't opened mine yet. Oh, no. Oh, no? This This can't be. What can't be? It's the gala. It's going to be a disaster. My uvula was right. It's always right. Storm, what in the world do you mean? The party's etiquette guide. So? Look here. One, sleeves are required. Two, one plate per guest. Fifty drag extra per additional plate. Last year it was a buffet. Three, fondue fountain is for decorative purposes only. It's just targeted. It's just a list of ways to destroy Storm's good times. Why would you even get a chocolate fountain if you can't play in it? Oh, jeez. I'm sorry, pal. I'm sure it'll still be a great time, though. I mean, look at number four. Open bar till 10 p.m. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's pretty okay. See? It's gonna be fine. Who's gonna have a good time? Marvel. Come on. Who's gonna give the bartender nightmares? <laughs> Me. And who's gonna take an ice lewd shot out of the commissioner's frozen navel? I am. And who's gonna ignore the velvet rope and get knee-deep in some chocolate? Me. It's me. Ah, oh, Kev, you always know just what to say. 
Glad to hear it, pal. Guess my uvula was just trying to warm my liver of impending danger. And speaking of danger, join us next time as we follow the MDs into the final stretch of their dimensional voyage. Will they help liberate the imprisoned Githyanki, or will they be crushed by the corporate machines of the XCU? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. I like I just oh, like Pickens. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Pickens a lot. Good fucking character right there. Yeah. Fun guy. This is a great episode. Yeah. Oh, there is man. a lot of fun guy below us, I assume. This is a dense episode. I'm worried that people are going to yeah. be like, this is a this is a big one. We're just bringing our A game. That's all. It's fine. There was a fun dragon encountery thing. Yeah. yeah. We crashed a ship into a dragon. We did. Yeah. We oh, we <laughs> we like Tokyo drifted into a dragon. Yeah. Fucking yeah. trucks. Oh my god. Okay. Now the now that we're here safely in the end zone, right. where I don't really mind so much the volume, there have been like 18 fucking trucks yeah. that have gone by. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not an exaggeration to say there have been at least a dozen trucks that we've had to pause for during this recording. Like every 10 minutes, lines. we're in the middle of a good line and it's just... There's somebody parked right outside the window. Are you serious? Well, we'll finish the outro and if you hear a truck <sighs> in the background, that's why. Bunch of jackasses. Uh, real quick, we'll go around the table and introduce ourselves, starting with the one and only... Sam! <laughs> Sam Frost, playing Arvid Ulfmund. <laughs> okay, now do it again, and more Pokemon-ish. What? Sam! Sam! Squam! Squam! <laughs> there you go. I'm Squam. Uh, yep, that's it. She's either a Pokemon or she's a Neblin because we established in this setting, Neblin can only say their names. <laughs> <laughs> unless, right. unless you speak Neblin. Geop. <laughs> My so name is was, Michael. It was Dweop, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was Cheop and Dwimble. No, it was Gizik, Chimble, and Dweop. Oh, okay. All right. I got Cheop and and Still can't Dweop. remember my mom's birthday. Dweop, Dweop, Dweop. Skibby the up. Hold on. Is the truck going to kill you? It's it's a fucking car, and they're just parked outside the goddamn door. Zach's about to shove a potato right up their tailpipe. Does the window open completely because you could throw something at them? Uh, the the screen. There's a screen in the way. That's stupid. Do you want to pause the outro? It's, I mean, it's the outro, so it doesn't really matter. It's just pissing me off really goddamn bad. Can, <laughs> can we continue then? Even yeah. though it's terrible? Cut Zach's rage. <laughs> it's your turn, Michael. I know. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. I play Harithax, the level 8 dragonborn warlock. Hi, my name is Alante, and I play Chris, the heartbroken sorcerer bard. <laughs> and uh i'm truckosaurus rex also known as zach Marcus, <laughs> the truck destroyer um i am also artem volkov the cleric of sunlight and suffering and the technical director for slapdash studios sometimes editor along with tori christensen notorious and the car two feet outside the window was playing the engine of the elman dagger yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, please go away car uh, my name is law i am the dungeon master and creative director of slapdash studios so we want to thank you all for listening. Of course, new episodes come out every Monday. We would love to see you join the Discord. We're getting a lot of fun new faces in there. Lots of legendary members of the Patreon team. To find out more about our social media and how to join the Patreon to get all those cool exclusive benefits and secret channels of the cutting room floor in the Discord. Mm. Or if you just want to chat with the cast, visit www.theluq.com. Share it with your friends. Uh, we keep growing and that's because you guys keep talking about it. We couldn't do it without you. Oh, they're gone. They're leaving. They're leaving. Bye, car. Don't come back. Fucking asshole. <laughs>
but drive your car to your friend's house and tell them about the League of Ultimate <laughs> Questing. Yeah. Um, but really, word of mouth is the best thing for us right now. Um, I'll throw in real quick that I believe in September there is a live uh, kind of streamed Rose City Comic Con thing, and I will be on the Orcs, Orcs, Orcs panel. Uh, more info on that to come when dates are more finalized. Um, but yeah, we love you all. Hopefully see you on Discord to chat. Um, check out me and Zach streaming during the week on Slapdash streams on Twitch. And until next time, we look forward to growing and questing together. But of course, we wish you luck. <laughs>